Welcome to the Elm City Church Podcast. As a community of people who are trying to practice the way of Jesus together, we hope that these messages inspire and equip you for the journey of faith in everyday life. Can you think of a time when you were ever homesick? Give you a second. A time when you were homesick. You know, I'll never, I'll never forget being dropped off as a college freshman in Pennsylvania. Uh, up until this point, I had never lived outside of small town New Hampshire. And uh, it was definitely exciting to be in a bigger place. We were 50 minutes outside of Philadelphia, so really went from the, uh, the small life, small, slow town life of, of rural New England to one of the biggest cities in our country. And uh, it was definitely exciting. Um, and this idea of being out on my own, you know, being uh, uh, experiencing dorm life, you know, making new friends, being uh, in college classes, thinking that we were all super smart, you know, we're, we're in college now. Um, being in a new place, exploring the area, you know. Um, but as time went on, um, I began to feel these deep longings for a place of familiarity. Uh, I, I, I missed my friends uh, back home. Uh, I missed, uh, you know, my family members. I started to feel homesick. Um, and I think the first thing that started to make me feel this way, as I was recalling this past week, uh, was, it was it was right around this time of year. How many college students do we have in here today? All right. So right around this time of year, you know, the fall season starts to, to come in. There's something special about the fall season here in New England. Um, and it was right around this time that I was in Pennsylvania. So, you know, here it would be like the cooler air is moving in. The fall foliage is starting to show. Um, in, in Pennsylvania, not so much. Very hot. All the, it felt like all the time it was hot. And uh, the foliage, man, that first year, such a letdown. <laughs> such a letdown. I mean, and, and, and so you start, you're, you're starting to feel overwhelmed by your uh, freshman course load. You're looking for a new job in the area. And it was these small little reminders that you are not home. You're far away from home. And change is hard. Change is hard. In fact, looking back on it uh, in my mind this past week, I realized like that moment actually of moving to Pennsylvania started the trajectory of never actually going back home and living at what, what I considered home. It was the beginning of a life change that has gone all the way up until now. Even though I'm here in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, this isn't where I grew up. We've all heard the phrase before, home is where the heart is. For some, the heart longs, some of you in this room today, for warmer weather. Palm trees, beach sand, slower-paced lifestyle, I see some hands, humidity, that's your speed. I was just having a conversation with someone last week um, at the gym that I go to, and this person proceeded to tell me while we were talking about the weather, and I said, you know, again, it's that, it's that age-old thing. You know, it's like, it's not the heat that gets me, it's the humidity. Um, you know what I'm talking about. And actually, she was like, well, actually, I, I like the humidity. And I had to pause for a second, and, and I thought to myself, are you insane? Uh, I mean, I know people like humid, uh, heat, but not humidity too. And yeah, yep, yeah, uh, the hotter, hotter the better, she said, you know. And I, I was, thank goodness that wasn't Danielle, 
because I don't think that would work for us. For others of you, home is right where you are, um, and you hope to never leave. That's, I know that's me. You know, give me the cool air, the no humidity, the fall foliage, warm drinks, and long pants, and I will die a happy individual. I love New England. Uh, I'll take a snowy day in January over a humid day in August, and that is the truth. When I go on vacation to a warmer climate or check out a different part of the country, it's always nice to visit, but I'm never trying to figure out how to live there. I actually look forward to coming back here. Can't do more than a week and a half away. I I, I long to be back here with my friends and, and my family, back to my church community. And as I get older, I realize more and more that my sense of home is about relationships with people and the expression of love given and received in those spaces. And so this concept of home is what I want to talk and look at more closely with you today. If you've been tracking with us, you'll know that we've been in a summer series called Rhythms. Our mission at Elm City Church is to be a people who are practicing the way of Jesus together. And one of the ways that we do this is by developing habits or rhythms of rest eat and engage, acts of love, confession, and home. And we hope to build those into the fabric of our lives. In fact, I want to encourage you, if you haven't been able to track well with us, you can go back online. All of our messages live there, and there's a great audio archive. I think this is like the third, second or third round of going through um, this series. So there's a lot of great information. You can go back there and find out what's Elm City Church all about. What are we trying to get you to know and practices that you can uh, use in your life to get closer to practicing the way of Jesus together. As I was looking this past week at scripture, I, I realized that there was someone in the Bible who felt the way I did, um, someone who was homesick. Uh, recently, I was reading in the Psalms and I came across Psalm 84. And I'd, I'd invite you to turn there with me today if you have a Bible. Um, if not, we will definitely have it up on the screen Um, But as you're going there, just to set this up, this psalm and and what we sang about today, uh, Shad led us in that song, Better Is One Day. This psalm was written by one of the sons of Korah. And the sons of Korah were part of the tribe of Levi who functioned like custodians in the temple. Uh, More than likely, uh, this psalm was written while this son of Korah was fleeing with David during Absalom's rebellion, if you remember that spot. But suffice to say, even if you don't, this psalm was written in a tumultuous time. And Psalm 84 reveals a man who is far from home. Listen to what it says. Psalm 84, verse 1 through 2. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. You can almost feel the agonizing spirit of the psalmist as he thinks about being home. Home is where his family is. Home is, is what is familiar and comfortable. Home is what brings a sense of security for him. But home, as we see here, is about something much more than those things. See, this son of Korah longs to be home because ultimately home is near the temple. The place where God's manifest presence resided at that time. 
And here we see his soul is longing so deeply to be nearer to the presence of God that he bursts out with song to the Lord because of it. It says he knows that he is far away from the presence of God. And as I read that passage this past week, you know, I began to ask myself the question, much as Sean alluded to earlier, and it was really this reflective question of how often do my, my own longings for home have anything to do with the presence of God? See, oftentimes our definition of home, if you really kind of break it down and think about it, it's most often about us, about our sense of comfort, about our sense of security, about our sense of love. And you know, those aren't bad things. Uh, God designed us with those desires. But as followers of Jesus, we also realize that ultimately our idea of home, whether a positive or negative, will continue to produce in us this unfulfilled longing because we were not created to find our home here. We were not created to find our home here. Augustine famously wrote in his book, Confessions, this, thou hast formed us for thyself and our hearts are restless till they find rest in thee. If you're a follower of Jesus today, this place is not your home. And although a day is coming when God will set up a new heavens and a new earth, we are citizens of a different kingdom here and now. Philippians 3 verse 20 famously says, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And part of what this means is that it's okay and it's normal to have a sense of homesickness in this life. It's okay to feel a deep sense of longing for another place because this place is not our home. That's hardwired into us as followers of Jesus. There is some restlessness. I even find that the comfort and the security and the love that's found with my own home, my own physical structure home, is not enough. Yeah, it's a place of solace and solitude. It's a place of family and shared meals. But it's not all there is. There's actually some level of discomfort in it. There's some sense that it's not going to fulfill what I want it to because as a follower of Christ, it can't. It cannot. For some of us, the idea of home is not any of those things that I just described. The idea of home for some of us in this place today is not a place of love, security, or comfort. For some of us, home is a reminder of pain and hurt, a place of regret, a place of abuse, a place of strife, a place of displacement and insecurity. And no matter what your experience of home is, homesickness is to be expected because if home is where the heart is for followers of Jesus, our hearts are wired for another place. They're wired for a better place. Psalm 84 continues on expressing the same truth when the son of Korah writes, blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. 
Uh, Augustine is basically saying what the psalmist said here, that our hearts are made for God and we will continue to search until we find our home with God. And of this psalm, commentator Richard Phillips says this, this does not trivialize our trials and sorrows. Rather, it explains why only the pilgrim heart finds such blessing in a world like ours. It is not those who trudge along miserably who are blessed, but those who have the pilgrim spirit, who have the highway not merely underneath their feet, but also within their hearts, whose passion is to press forward in the knowledge of God to gain a greater possession of heavenly things, drawing nearer to a vision of God's shining city. The good news is that God now makes his home in us. Whereas I said before that this son of Korah longed to be in the presence of God, which was found near the temple of God. Because of what Jesus has done, no longer do we need to be in a temple or a tabernacle. John 14, 23 says, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. Prior to Jesus dying on a cross, he shockingly broke the news to his disciples that he would be leaving them. After leaving his home and becoming a pilgrim himself upon the earth, Jesus died to make his home with us. And if that were not enough, he told his disciples that he was returning home, but that it was better for him to leave because he was sending a helper, the Holy Spirit. God the Spirit now makes his home among those who have received the love of God. Unlike the son of Korah, we need not look for home in another city or state or country, but we can rest in knowing that God has made his home in us. Such good news. So knowing that Jesus now resides in the hearts of people, a question that we might ask ourselves is this, is Christ at home in my heart? If Jesus resides and even scripture uses the word dwells in us, a question that we might often ask ourselves, just a checkup type question, is, is Christ at home in my heart? Is my heart the kind of place that Jesus would want to sprawl out in, get comfortable in, make his home in? And as we think about the way that this concept of home works out as a rhythm of our life, let's begin to think about home in terms of how we might make room for an honored guest to join us. When you're preparing for a guest to join you, they must be warmly welcomed. And I would say that Jesus, as a guest of our heart, he must be warmly welcomed. Revelation chapter 3 says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. See, there's an element of response that needs to take place for Jesus to take up residency in someone's heart. Um, as an example, when Jesus told Zacchaeus, who at the time was up a tree trying to get a glimpse of Jesus and his ministry, came to Zacchaeus and said that he wanted to stay at his house. It says that Zacchaeus, he hurried down 
or he hurried and came down and received him, that is Jesus, joyfully. He rushed down to meet and greet Jesus. And there was a, a response in Zacchaeus. Jesus shows up where Jesus is wanted. Jesus shows up where Jesus is wanted. And the posture of our heart should be aimed at this constant welcome. You know, for some, uh, this is a, a moment where Jesus enters your heart for the first time. This is a moment of salvation, of regeneration. It is a moment where Jesus takes out a heart of stone and replaces it with a heart of flesh. This is the type of welcome that he will receive from some of us in the coming months and weeks and years. This is the kind of welcome that he has received from those of us who have been following Jesus for a while. For others, this sense of welcome does not go away and should not go away. Because creating a space in our heart, much like we would in our home for an honor guest, is an ongoing process. Creating a space in our hearts where Jesus is constantly being welcomed, constantly being asked to stay. The second thing that I think when it comes to how we think about hosting or a posture of hosting our heart for Jesus is that he must be given run of the whole house. Not only do we need to welcome him warmly, but he needs to be given access to the house. In other words, if Christ has entered your heart, he must be given freedom of action. We must allow him to be free to do what he wants to do, to go where he wants to go. You know, for a while, um, <laughs> we just came out of a seven-year-long remodel on our house project. And um, for a long time, um, our, uh, some of you can relate, um, for, for a long time, uh, yeah, I just, I just realized seven years and jubilee, right, after that? <laughs> Amen. My Mondays are now spent with books and not hammers. It is incredible. And um, so when we were in this journey of, you know, there's always gonna be one room in the house that's like the catch-all, right? It's the catch-all. It's the place you're throwing everything and it, it's just catching everything, a lot of construction equipment. And uh, my wife was very pleased by this that it ended up being our bedroom. And for the longest time, uh, this was the place, because we'd still want, I mean, seven years, we want to have people over and, you know, we host a life group every week. So we're, you know, we're cleaning the house. And a lot of times, oh, you know, got some laundry hanging around, oh, stuff in the hallway. Guess what? I know where that can go in our bedroom. Uh, not a great idea, men. If you, if you want any tips on dating and marriage, um, please come and see me. <laughs> I will help you out greatly. Um, but there was always a place in our house that, um, that was sort of off limits. Even when we'd have guests over, it'd be like, we'll shut the door because I don't want anybody going in there. Um, and oftentimes this is uh, very similar to what we do in our own lives. There are places in our house that are off limits to Jesus. There are places in our house that the doors are shut. There's no access. But Jesus must be given run of the whole house. 
he must be given run of the whole house. Jesus should have ultimate access to everything, even the rooms in our house that are a mess. And everybody in here has a room in your heart that is a mess because we're people. We're broken. We have a need. We have a desire. And so the question, does Jesus have access to all the rooms in my house? See, we might be really good at the first part. It, sometimes it's easy just to welcome someone in. You can come to the, the front step, come in the doorway. But the part about him having access to everything in the house is, is oftentimes where we get hung up. We like the idea of Jesus as Savior, but not Jesus as Lord. And lordship is the idea of turning over the house key to Jesus in every room. It's this progressive idea of becoming more and more like Jesus so that Jesus isn't just a guest that's visiting our house, but he actually becomes a family member who lives there. We're going to sing a song in a little while. Um, he deserves it all. So eloquently puts this and frames this truth up for us. You know, when William Booth of the Salvation Army was asked, what is the secret of your life? of the way in which God has blessed and used you, he answered this way. He said, there came a day in my life when I said to the Lord, Lord, thou shalt have all there is of me, all there is of William Booth. That is, the, that is part of the secret of being sure that Christ is really at home in your heart. Are you willing to say, I want you to come in, but not only stay there, and stay in the front entry, but to come in and have access to all the rooms of my heart. And even if I'm not ready to open that door, Jesus, you're in the house, and I'm working towards it. I want you to take over. I want you to have every part of me. Finally, our guest of honor, Jesus Christ, must be recognized as the divine host. See, up until now, We've been talking about us as hosting Jesus. And Jesus is the perfect guest, by the way. He is the perfect guest. But because of who he is, he actually becomes the greatest host. The one who is Lord, who is in charge, who is in control. Notice how this happened at a story like the wedding feast of Cana in Galilee. He arrived as a guest, but before long, he was recognized by everyone there as the chief one that was there. We see this in our previous verse in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, where Jesus not only waits to come into the heart as a guest, but having come in, he assumes his rightful position as the host. The guest becomes the host. You know, as we think about the idea of home, as we think about this idea, again, of this deep sense of longing that each of us have, for a place that is not here. And even, even our homes to some of us represent that place of security and solace, that place of creativity and, and uh, security. And that's just a, a small, like even some of the joy that you get out of that does not compare to the immeasurable richness of what a home away from this home will look like. It's just pretty phenomenal. It's, we can't even get our, our heads wrapped around that but rest assured that there will be a day, one day, 
when Jesus will complete his earth renovation project and we will see him face to face. We will receive his love and we will give that love in return to him and others for all eternity. Everything now is just a foreshadow of that event. And John 14, uh, I love this passage, John 14, three promises us. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. This is the glorious hope that a Christian has. And so as we think about this idea, this concept of home, as we think about creating a rhythm in our life, I wanna encourage you to, um, to, to think about how you are creating a space in your heart for Christ. Is your heart a place where Jesus wants to come and hang out? Is your heart being uh, oriented towards the ways in which Jesus wants to work, wants to reside in you? And so just use that as a reflective question. I'm also gonna send out a few practical steps that I think our community, as we think about a rhythm of home, certainly this is not exhaustive. It's one small kind of angle on home. And so I wanna equip you with some next steps that you might be able to take um, when you think about your home. I mean, I had some things written out this week. Uh, what's, what's working for our family and our kids? You know, we're just in that stage of life with young kids. Others of you, there's, you know, right now you're, you're, you're deeply invested in friendships and how can you kind of push that ball down the field a little bit? Others of you are in another season of life. You don't have kids at home. Um, you're, maybe you're working a lot and it's just your career. Is, so there's all kinds of ways that we can focus in on this, this uh, value of being home. And I'll, I will send those out this week uh, attached to our email with our, our audio recap of this week's message. But I wanna just leave you with that idea. Uh, as I've been challenged this week to think about how do I prepare my heart to be a place where God wants to dwell? We sang about it earlier. My heart longs for you. My idea, my sense of home is related to your presence. We hope this message has been impactful. For more information about how you can connect with Elm City Church, visit elmcitychurch.com or follow us on social media. We'd love to help you take some next steps.